Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,856. Put your seatbelts on today. We're racing in the La Carrera Panamericana. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars. Yeah, I'm so excited. Today, I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia, just north of me here in Gig Harbor, but we're going to be talking about racing in Mexico with a very special guest by the name of Carlo Flores. Carlo, welcome to Cars. Yeah, do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Brum, brum, ready, ready. <laughs> no kidding. Put it to the metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, listen, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this great adventure, one of many you've taken in some very cool cars, I want you to share one little thing most people may not know about you, Carlo. One thing people don't know about me, that I just started racing about six years ago. Oh, so you're somewhat new to this game. Yes, so I consider myself some of the people that have been racing like Carrera Panamericana. I'm a, I'm a newbie. There's people that have been racing it for 20 years straight. Yeah. It's, uh, it's called Panadiction. Once you do that race, it's uh, it's so unique in, in the challenges that it poses and how it's organized. And it's a big rolling party, but you're still racing. So it's a great fun for eight straight days. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm not going to call you an amateur anymore because I think after this many years, you have uh, are starting to dial it in. But we're going to learn more about this race. And for you listeners that don't know a lot about La Carrera, it's an incredible race. So we'll give you lots of things to think about. Carlo Flores and his navigator, Juan Carlos Salgado, won the 2020 Sport Mayor Class of La Carrera Panamericana. Long celebrated as one of the most intense, grueling challenges in motorsports, La Carrera is an epic undertaking for teams given the seven-day and 2,000-mile endurance run through the winding tight roads of southern Mexico. They race through towns, mountain roads. It's akin to the days of the Targa Florio and the Mille Milia. This was the 35th consecutive running of this Mexican motorsport classic. Carlo piloted a Gulf livery 1965 Tribute GT40 Mark I. Quite a unique choice, which we're going to learn about why you chose this car for this kind of a race. Uh, but this is not the only race he's run as he mentioned at La Carrera. Since 2015, he's run in a Porsche 356 against another guest here, Renee Brinkerhoff. You'll know that he beat her in that first race. Renee's not very happy about that. And a 911 Porsches, earning two firsts, two seconds, and a fourth in class. He's also raced the Chihuahua Express four times. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about this incredible adventure that Carlo went on. But first, a word from our valued sponsor. So give him a little listen, and we'll be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles 
and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, their Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts, too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Carlos. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner, something you love to do. I want to start, though, with your profession, because I've learned that you are a fifth generation chocolate maker out of Canada and Mexico, Terra Nostra Organic Chocolates. Who doesn't like chocolates? So tell me just real quickly a little bit about this incredible family history of making delicious chocolates that we're going to dive into the race but chocolates very interesting yes it's uh when my parents moved to canada in 2000 1981 mm-hmm. uh, they opened up a chocolate shop in uh, gastown which is downtown vancouver and i just started getting involved with that um, my mom taught me how to make the chocolates and i continued it and the factory kept growing. So that's what I kept been doing all these years, making chocolate. Now I just don't do any retail, I just do wholesale mm-hmm. and uh, develop products for retailers and supply them. And thanks to that, you know, I've been able to get a little bit extra money to do all this crazy racing. Definitely. And when we say crazy, again, for you listeners that aren't familiar with this race, you got to look it up. You got to check it out. We'll put some links on uh, his page on the Cars Yeah website. So let's start with why you started racing this race. I can tell you why, because I'm a racer. I've never done this race, but it sounds incredible. But what was the original inspiration that came to you of why you wanted to participate in such an incredible event because this is not like vintage racing this is a whole nother level the way the way that happened uh, we, i went to mexico to a family reunion and i just started racing my bug eye track car vintage car 
in the Pacific Northwest, and my cousin found out that I was racing. So we started talking about vintage racing and all that. And he said, well, you should race like a Panamericana <laughs> here in Mexico. And I said, well, that's a race that used to be raced in the 50s. And he goes, no, it's still being raced. Now they've got a modern version. You should check it out. So I checked it out. And uh, my wife was going to be my navigator. I was going to rent the Mini to do because there's a lot of uh, shops that rent cars for the event. Because uh, I like British cars, I was going to do it in the Mini. Mm-hmm. And my wife said, you know, Carlo, it uh, looks like it's a bit more complex than a track. Why don't we go down there and check it out? And then next year we do it. So we flew down to Veracruz where it was starting that year. And uh, my wife started talking to some of the other navigators. And she said, you know what, Carlo, I'm not going to do this race. You know, she gets dizzy. She gets dizzy when she reads uh, in the car. And then they, uh. they were telling her the first time you do it, you know, you should carry a bucket. And she goes, why the bucket? She oh. goes, no, oh, you're going to get sick and might oh as well gosh. have a bucket so you can. Oh. So she said, no, no, I'm, yeah. I'm out. But of course, I got I got really excited about the race, all the people, all the vintage cars that were there. Mustangs, Corvettes, uh, Studebakers, Porsches, Alfa Romeos. Uh, it was just an incredible display of vintage cars. And I came back to Vancouver and I called my cousin. I said, look, you know, uh, I'm really want to do that race but my wife doesn't want to be my navigator would you want to do it so he just jumped on the opportunity and said of course i would love to do it mm. <laughs> and that's how it all got started wow did he need a bucket actually no we ain't <laughs> do with those little uh, little bags from uh, the airplanes yeah oh okay <laughs> we carried a few of those yeah, but then that was a whole that was a whole in investigation. Then then he learned how to take ginger in the morning. Ah, yeah, a lot of carbohydrate breakfast, mm-hmm. light breakfast, no spicy food. And then I I bought this uh, this it's almost like a watch that sends pulses. Oh, to electrical pulses. Uh, they use it for people that get sick on, aboard boats or oh, airplanes. Oh, yes, yes. So yeah, we had to do our research for that, and he's he's a lot lot better. Once in a while, I mean, we do this twice a year, so he's not a professional navigator. He still gets sometimes a little bit queasy, but not nothing of concern anymore. Well, good. Well, that's good to hear. I can't imagine sitting in the right seat. Now, wait, this is a GT40, so left seat or right seat steering in this car for you? Uh, because it's a custom made car, I wanted it left. Left. Okay. Left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this choice of cars because the GT40 was made for endurance racing, but nothing like this. Le Mans, Sebring, Daytona, I mean, those kinds of races. This is a whole nother deal. So why choose the iconic GT40? And I understand, especially after driving Porsches, which are more made for this kind of racing. And I also understand it's the first time a GT40's been in La Carrera, correct? Yes, uh, it's the first time a GT40 has ever been uh, raced in this race, and you are correct that the the design of the car, the, how it was made originally, was for track endurance racing. So the one part that enticed me to this car was the endurance portion of it. It is designed for endurance, and uh, it all started. We, I was traveling with my my son, and I got a, some kind of travel bug. So he went out at night and I was bored at the hotel and I started, you know, what I do, I started looking at cars. So there was this um, Ferrari P300 replica being advertised at a very good price. 
And I just said, spur of the moment, I thought, you know, well, that would be a great car to do, like a Carrera Panamericana in there, <laughs> yeah. a Ferrari in Mexico. And, you know, it had a Corvette engine in it. Uh, when I called the guy that was selling it, he had sold it, but he said, you know, call Fran at Race Car Replicas and uh, he'll build you another one. Mm. So I called Fran and he uh, said, okay, just go to my website and look at the car. And the minute I clicked on his website, the first car that appeared was a GT40. So I said, oh, forget the Ferrari. <laughs> I'd rather do this in a GT40, a legendary car. Pedro Rodriguez won Le Mans in 68 with this yeah, car. Got all yeah. the history, Ford versus Ferrari. People in Mexico know Fords, love Fords. There's a lot of Ford culture there that so they can be fixed much easier than a Ferrari. So I talked to Fran and we started right from the beginning to build the car with uh, a roll cage that was uh, going to be accepted by the organizers. Um, so they, they were involved right from the beginning to make sure that the car had all the safety features that it uh, required to comply with uh, the rules and regulations for the, the race. And that's how it got started. In 2000, March 2018, I placed the order. And the idea is to have it ready for to race in 2019. So that got a little bit delayed because race cars always take longer to build than than we think. Uh, and that's that that's that's how it started. And the the livery in honor of Pedro Rodriguez was the golf livery which he used uh, when he won 1968 Le Mans. Well, I was going to ask you about inspirations, driving inspirations for this event. Uh, what a great inspiration he was for you, especially with your uh, Mexican culture, heritage, and so forth. Wow. I mean, that's pretty neat. I would imagine showing up at this race in that car must have blown some minds. It was a huge attraction in a very positive way, people uh, we were coming up to me and saying, no, thank you for bringing this car and, and racing this race in this car because we've never seen one, a live one. Mm-hmm. It's always been on photographs and films. And, and I, I suspected the awareness was much higher for this car because of the Ford versus Ferrari movie that had come out the same year. Yeah, nice timing. So so the timing for that was right. But it, it's one, one very interesting thing about this car. It's got very interesting things, but one of them is you look at it in the photograph, it looks very imposing, very wide, very aggressive. But when you're right beside it, it's a small car. Yes. It's very compact, very low. It's very wide, but uh, it, it's a small car compared to what, how the, the, if you just seen it in pictures. So I think that a lot of people in Mexico were very appreciative to see the car and it was not just a Sunday driver. It's a car that is being raced, is being raced hard, is being pushed and is pushing us. So you would say that, that, that heritage of the racing brought out so much attention from people in Mexico. And the only time I've sat in a real GT 40 and I've also driven a Superformance built GT 40. And that was my reaction for some reason in my mind, it was super wide and a bit bigger, but it is a pretty small car. So you two guys in that car, what was that experience like driving for as many days and as far as you went? All the parts, like the seats have to be FIA approved. And it was difficult to find a seat that would have the FIA approval uh, that would fit in the car. And uh, we found a company in England that called Tillit. And they make these seats for, for race cars that are FIA approved. 
And you wouldn't believe how comfortable that seat is. Once you're in there, once you sit down, you almost have to get into the car like a formula car from the top down. Oh, it kind of sinks into it. Not sideways. Yeah, you got to sink into it. And the, um, the, the the gas tanks are right beside you. They're on the sills. So it's inside, it's quite narrow. So I mean, we just got used to it. You know, we've been in the 356, which is quite small. The 911 felt like a limousine after the 356 <laughs> with yeah. all the extra room. And then we got back to that. So at the beginning, yeah, we were, you know, when I was shifting, my elbow was hitting my cousin, my navigator's arm. But it, you just kind of get used to it. The first couple of days, it's a little bit awkward, but then it becomes very familiar how you get in, how you get out, uh, all the straps that you need to do, the roll cage, make careful not to bump your head. The one thing that was difficult on this car, we don't have the uh, room to put the helmet anywhere. So we've got to ha- wear the helmets all the time. Mm. And then the long transit stages when you're going from one speed section to the next, that gets a little bit uh, difficult with the heat because it's very hot inside the car. No kidding. Yeah. So that that's the you know, we're we're looking uh, our one of our mechanics found a supplier that makes uh, electronic air conditioning that they fit into vintage cars so we're looking at seeing if we get one of those systems in because it does get really hot in the car nice very nice what was your there's so many aspects of this kind of a race but what was the favorite part of this event for you uh my favorite part of the event is when i started to communicate with the car when when uh the, the amount of acceleration the car has that's the part that took the longest time to get used to you'd accelerate and the corner was right there right in front of you so i didn't want to overcook any of the corners and mm-hmm. go off or cause damage so i found myself i was breaking in uh, a little bit too early in many corners but gradually i started getting more of the sense as to level of grip that the thin avons up front would give me and when I started to get comfortable and gaining speed and, uh, you know, drifting the car a little bit around the exit of the corners, it's a very well-balanced car. And uh, we keep tweaking, you know, we, were, we started with minus three and a half or four camber up front. We thought that that was going to be good for this race. It turned out to be too aggressive camber. The, the, the front tires were overheating and it was getting very slippery. So we started dialing it in as the as the race advanced and that progression becoming more familiar with the car uh that was the biggest satisfaction it's like yes the car feels is good now and it keep it kept felt feeling better as we went along through the race so now that they've done some um, additional improvements they've stiffened up the body and the biggest thing the change that they've done in mexico right now for the car is uh, the input for the steering was very very lazy i used you know to do a 90 degree turn i almost had to turn the steering wheel maybe three quarters mm-hmm. which was excessive a excessive amount of input to the car turn so it was very it was a very tiring car to race particularly in mil cumbres and el sacacorchos and all, all these areas that are very twisty very windy that it was very difficult to race because my hands would be traveling all over the steering wheel and you're doing this at speed it's not the the, the best way to do it but you know the the, the purpose of the first year racing with car well, was to work out all these bugs so 
can't wait to test it now that they've put a shorter uh, steering input. You know, it should be a lot better for you. If you are going to advise, well, let me back up a minute because I want to talk about teams here because it's not just you and your co-pilot to take a car down and go do this. You've got a group of people helping you because this is a, a big deal. You come in at the end of a, a stage, a day, whatever, and if you watch the video or you talk to people who've done this event, work gets done in the car. There's all sorts of things that are happening. So this is a round-the-clock, multi-day event for a lot of people, right? Yeah, the, the, the support staff that we have uh, work really hard in not only preparing the car before the race, but also every day the car at night when we finish the the day they go through the whole car they almost take it all apart and you report the things that you're noticing or the little noises that it's making or how it's feeling and they go through a a very extensive safety checklist themselves plus whatever you tell them to to address and many times they're up you know the car is up on the hoist and being serviced and being attended to till two, three, four o'clock in the morning to be ready for the following race day. That sometimes the car has to be ready at seven thirty or six thirty because that's when the race begins. There is also a, a midday lunch service stop. That's basically just for safety. They check the brake, they check the uh, steering input, they whatever needs to be looked at. They have anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour while we're having lunch. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 the support crew is critical for this race, like in any other type of racing. Yeah, very cool. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of the biggest challenges in this race and some advice you would give to others. So keep your seatbelts on. We're at Carrera La Panamericana with Carlo Flores today. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at TechForce.com. 
So, Carlo, a couple things I want to ask you. If you were going to advise somebody to get involved in this race, I'm sure there's a lot of advice you would offer as many times as you have run it. But is there one or two big key factors that keep reoccurring year after year that you would advise somebody to have them really think about before they dive into such a bold adventure? I think that the key thing would be decide what car you want and what class you want to be racing in. The more competitive racing takes place in with the bigger cars, uh, uh, Turismo Mayor and, and all those classes with V8 engines. So if you if you want to start, get your feet wet and understand what the race is, perhaps go with a, a, a less powerful car so that you understand how to, you and, and your navigator understand how, what, um, uh, how to read the, ro- the, the, the road map that they give you. Uh, all the instructions. So that would be one of the things. So that advice was given to me by other people that have raced the race. And that's why I started with um, a 356 in Sport Minor, which was under two liters, which is one of the classes that are not as fast. Mm-hmm. So um, first advice is don't go in there unless you're a very, very experienced rally driver. Don't go in there wanting to win the race because the guys that are winning the race uh, Ricardo Cordero that's won it I think three or four times in a row almost wow. he's a professional he's a professional racer he's racing all kinds of rallies in Mexico um, on the same roads for this road with it, where this race takes place it used to be a, a, a race that was you know a lot of fun discover Mexico uh, but there's two basic elements in the race from my perspective. There's a group of people that are very competitive, very well prepared and want to win the race. There is no price money or anything. It's just they want to be able to claim that they've won La Carrera Panamericana overall. Sure. And there's probably about there's probably about 15, 15 to 20 teams that are like that. They're extremely competitive. And there's another group of people, another group of racers that are racing there just to finish the race, to have fun, to experience racing in Mexico. And at the beginning, if anybody's considering to do it, I would say go with that group or that mentality just to finish the race. For the first year that we did it, for us, that was our objective. Finish the race, sunny side up, yes, and have a great time. Yeah, And, you know, wherever we place, we place and we end up winning our class. And we ended up, you know, middle of the pack overall, which we're very happy with. It is an achievement just to finish it, oh, and gosh. it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot like uh, approaching vintage racing for the first time is don't go out there thinking you're going to be the the big winner. Just go out there and enjoy it, have fun, learn the car, and uh, be a little careful too. <laughs> yeah, because things can happen out there. And speaking of challenges, now you could probably talk for hours about this because there's so many challenges encompassed into this kind of racing. But let's just look at the recent race, the 2020 race. What was the biggest obstacle, biggest challenge, or even a big failure that you faced in this race that you had to overcome to end up on the top? Uh, the biggest challenge was just to overcome the heat inside the car. Oh, that gosh. was yeah. at the last day when we were in Torreon. Uh, we were uh, cruising around the city for about an hour because the organizers wanted to display the cars. Because really, the cars are the stars. You know, we're just the lucky guys that get to drive them and mm-hmm. race them. The, uh, at slow speeds, the ventilation inside the car is very, very minimal. And of course, you got the engine right behind you and it just gets extremely hot. That was the biggest challenge, just overcoming the heat inside the car. The other one was 
was, uh, you know, the, the steering input that was too long. And the third one that was surprisingly difficult, nobody thought about this until we were actually living it, was the car was very, very low and there's a lot of speed bumps. Oh. So we were we were having to slow right down um, and just go diagonal on most of the speed bumps so that we would uh, preserve the car. Oh gosh, uh, yeah. and not damage it. So uh, there were, that that was that was, nobody now now we were, the, the car has been raised about I think inch and a half or two inches from where it was the ground clearance. So it should be a lot better now, but. Um, and a lot of there's all kinds of speed bumps. There's you know the pointy ones that look like the pyramids. Oh gosh! There's the long ones that are that are very forgiving. There's the ones that are like a half circle. There's yeah. the ones that are painted. There's ones that that are completely black. The you don't even know they're the coming. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, those are the most dangerous ones. Yeah. yeah. So so that was that was another 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 surprise. Wow! I didn't. You know, you don't think about that, but you are racing on public roadways. So uh, there you go. Now, you've been doing this for a while, as I mentioned in your introduction. So what's on your bucket list coming up next? You mentioned you're going to bring this car back to Mexico and run it again? Well, the car is stayed in Mexico to get all the, all the, uh, the little details fixed that need to be fixed. And the next plan for it is races in northern Mexico, hopefully in Chihuahua Express. It's been postponed. Now they're going to do it at early August. That one, or there's a rally called La Congoja that, also takes place late July. And then there's an invitational race where La Carrera Panamericana cars will be racing in their own race at Laguna Seca at the uh, Rolex Reunion in mid-August in Laguna Seca. So I'm signed up for that and hopefully everything goes to plan and I can race, get some seat time in northern Mexico racing it and then take it over to Laguna Seca and race it at the track there. So I've never been in that track. So it should be interesting to do the corkscrew and the GT40. You're going to love it. You're <laughs> going to love it. Yeah, it's a great track. Absolutely. So let's talk about a special car in your past, because it sounds like you've had some cool cars. And this could be a race car or a street car, but one really special car that stands out for you and, and maybe share a story about that ride. Oh, my. Well, the, the one that got me into racing is the 1959 Bug Eye Sprite that I got off eBay thinking that it was going to be, it was race ready, which is, you know, anything that's race ready never really, you know, (laughs) you have, you have to, you have to get it, make sure it's safe. You got to make sure. So anyways, that's the one that started me in, 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 in racing. It's that little bug eye sprite, 60 horsepower. But, uh, the people that know how to race told me that that's, that was the way to do it, that you learn with low horsepower cars. Yeah. So you don't depend on the high horsepower to get you uh, to make you fast. You, you work on your lines, you work on your braking points, your entries, your exits. And that little car in Sovereign Pacific Northwest Racing uh, got, bo- got voted Rookie of the Year, and we ended up winning our class, our group that year with that little bug eye. Well, congratulations! And then, yeah, it was it was it was a fun season. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, my listeners know I'm a, I am was a Sovereign racer for many years. I uh, know a lot of the folks up there at Sovereign, so that's pretty cool that uh, we both are part of that same organization. Although you're still racing, I'm not, so you're having more fun than I am. I, I'm convinced of that. I'm going to crawl into your head here, Carlo. I'll bet no one's ever asked you this question before. If you were manifest as a vehicle, could be a race car or a street car, what would you be 
and why? Wow, yeah, you're right. I've never been <laughs> asked that question. Uh, I would say a bug eye. <laughs> would oh, be a bug go, eye. Going back to your uh, starting in your vintage racing going, Yeah. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a short guy. I'm 5'5", five, five, mm-hmm. and uh, I just... Just like the bug eye, just don't quit. You know, it's fun. It's friendly. It's smiling. Yeah. It can be a race car. It could be a picnic car, a Sunday car. So it's versatile, simple, no air conditioning, no no roll up windows. So I, that's how I see myself. Is just wanted to keep having fun, smile, and that's what I would think. That's how I would, how I would see myself. If I was a car. Well, it's a great answer, and everybody loves a bug eye. It's one of those things like a Volkswagen Beetle or uh, a Mini Cooper that just makes you smile when you look at it. Plus, you're a chocolate ear, which makes everybody smile. Chocolate is one of those yeah. universal things. <laughs> uh, guilty as charged. I love chocolate, although not milk chocolate. I'm a dark chocolate lover. That's, I've got a taste for that, and I, I love dark chocolate. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, it's supposed to be healthy. Maybe that's gives me my excuse to have a little yeah. a little bite every every day. So I love it. I love it. Now, I always ask my guests about a great book that they've read. Is there a book that you'd like to share that you've read that really stands out for you? Uh, there's several, but there's one that um, really stands out. I've probably read it about three times, and I've read it with my son in conjunction, and we discussed the book. It's called Azteca. Mm-hmm. It, I think Hennings is a, the author. And what I like about it is, uh, obviously, you know, it's about Mexican history, about an Aztec. But what uh, the author did is he researched, is a is novelized history. So he really did some good anthropological and historical backing. And then, and then he novelized the, the story. So it's about one character's whole life during the conquest. So I really enjoy it. The, the 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 characters call mixedly, and the, he is a merchant. He's a, he sells, and, and, and I'm, I'm being on myself also a merchant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sell chocolate and I make chocolate, but so there's there's some connection there. And um, I guess if he could have raced cars, I'm pretty sure he would have been racing cars as well. <laughs> That's cool. Well, yeah, the author Gary Jennings. Uh, I believe is the author of that yes. that book. Yeah, I have. I've not read that book. I'll have to read that. I have so many great books recommended by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. So we'll add that to the growing list of over two thousand books now on the Car Show website under guest recommended books as a tech. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a great film. I'm going to put a link for you listeners to watch. Uh, you guys were embedded uh, with the producers uh, driving La Carrera. Um, to document what you're doing. And I've got a link I'll put on Carlos Carja website page. Uh, you can check it out. It's a YouTube video that shows your smiling face and uh, your co-pilot and all the fun that you guys are having. Uh, that might, must have been pretty cool to get documented like that too. Yes, uh, it was uh, the, the brothers, Jeff and Chris Mason, mm-hmm. approached us. Um, and one thing I've learned from from racing in Sovereign, you know, they, they always told us, you know, cars are the stars. And and this is the case, you know, they caught wind that uh, the GT40 was going to be racing this race. They raced it uh, last year in 20, uh, 2019, I believe, in their Volvo called Mescalero, which is kind of cool, the name, because it's uh, 
mezcal is a type of tequila or a variation of it. So they approached us. They said, you know, we 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 know you're a racer from La Carrera Panamericana. I've done it several times. I'm doing a GT40. We would like to do to document what you're doing if you're okay with it. And I said, oh, by all means. And by God, did they do a good production? The the crew. All Mexican filmographers, photographers, videographers, and Chris and Jeff did a wonderful thing editing. And um, the important thing for me in, in that movie was uh, I'm very proud of all the talent that is in Mexico yes. for racing and all the enthusiasm that's in racing and how beautiful it is to race in Mexico. Um, and they conveyed that very strongly in the movie. So I'm, I was quite pleased with it. Plus all the, all the other fun of racing the car. We're going to take one more short break. We come back. I'm going to let you go on the ultimate drive. You kind of already done that. This may be a redundant question for you, Carlo, but give it some thought. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Carlo, for a guy who's taken many ultimate drives, this is a bit of a silly question, but... I'm going to give you the chance to be uh, unprecedented here, okay? So I've got a magic scepter, which means you can pick the ultimate car, the ultimate person to be riding with, and where would you be riding? This could be a race, too. It doesn't have to be a, a drive on public roads or maybe public roads that have been turned into a race track like the uh, La Carrera. So what would your ultimate drive look like, my friend? My ultimate drive is coming right up, 2021 <laughs> La Carrera Panamericana in Carroll, my GT40 with my navigator, Juan Carlos. <laughs> Just retake where we left off. It, it, it really is magical. We don't have, a lot of uh, teams have radios and they listen to music and all that. My cousin and I, this is my cousin, and we used to get in trouble when we were 18 or 12, when we were six. Or, uh, and, you know, we're... we're we're doing it, we're getting in, not in trouble, but we're doing something that is not something we do every day, we're racing in Mexico, a vintage race car. Oh, man, it's, we, we talk about life, we talk about our families, we talk about the future, we talk about so many other things, and we're racing. And we eat Mexican food, delicious Mexican food, and we're <laughs> welcomed as rock stars. Yeah. In little towns and cities, and uh, there's music playing in many places where you get to. It's just, it's just, it's just a magical event. Can't imagine. That, um, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine. Now, your yeah. your your car is named Carol. Is that after somebody in your life? 
That's named after Carroll Shelby ah. in honor of him making that car what it became, you know, him and his team. So, yeah, Car- Carol, but I, you know, being Carlo with a K, she's named Carol with a K as well. Ah, so very that's, nice. That's her name. I like that. You yeah. know, I just got a, a new book uh, by one of my past guests, uh, David Friedman. It's a book about Ken Miles. You talk about Carol Shelby, Ken Miles, the GT40. Um, it's a wonderful book. I encourage you, you uh, listeners, to get your hands on it because it's a great picture book and storybook of Ken Miles' relationship with Carol Shelby and racing uh, from the Cobras to the GT40s and all those cars. But uh, I like that play on words. Carol, the GT40, very nicely done. Well, you've taken us on an incredible ride here, my friend. I can't imagine the fun you are having with your cousin. What a life you have uh, carved out for yourself. Bravo, my friend. Before I let you go, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or advice? If you can do it, go ahead and do it. Don't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Reminds me of that saying by Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you have the means, I highly recommend it. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. You know, folks, whatever you do out there, whether you've got uh, deep pockets, not so deep pockets, uh, get out there and do some stuff, even if it's a rally with a car club, whatever. But if you can go vintage racing or do something as grand as this, life is short. Get out there and have some fun. Are there some ways, do you guys have a website for what you're doing or ways people can follow you and keep up with what you're doing? Um, I have an Instagram account, Carlo Flores Racing, uh, and it's linked up to my my Facebook. And the the there's you know I also race a Miata, so if anybody's looking at getting into racing, I would highly, 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 highly recommend a Miata. They're also eligible for uh, vintage racing, extremely reliable, a lot of fun to race, and there's a lot of Miatas out there that race, so you you actually have a a group of people that you can be racing against and with and, uh, and very reliable car always starts up. Excellent advice. And it doesn't leak oil. <laughs> yeah. So that would be, if anybody's thinking about getting into racing, I would, that would be my highest recommendation. Uh, spec Miata. Oh yeah. I've had lots of guests and racers on this show that either started in that class or are doing it right now. It's a wonderful way. And it's probably one of the most economical ways to get into racing as well. Cause there's so many cars, there's parts available. Uh, great advice there, Carlo. I want to do a shout out to Joseph Anderson at IBP media. I want to say IBM, uh, different company, IBP media for introducing me to Carlo. Joseph, thank you. You bring me some great guests. Carlo. Hey, uh, my hat's off to you, my friend. Uh, what fun you guys are having. I want to thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing a wonderful experience at La Carrera Panamericana until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much for the invite. It's been a pleasure uh, being in your show and anything else that I can help contribute, promote beautiful racing in Mexico. I'm right there. Absolutely. Maybe I'll see you up at a sovereign event one day soon or down at Laguna Seca. Sounds like fun. Or both. Or both. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.